The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callaghan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Pound. What happens if you combine neuroscience, purple medicine, and a family with more than its share of national champion athletes? Well, if you're Nelson's Van Dyke family, you get Chia Sisters, a company billed as New Zealand's most nutritious and sustainable juices and seeds. And it isn't just a marketing claim. This company is award-winning for its nutrition, commitment to sustainability, and its founders have been lauded on the Forbes Asia 30 Under 30 list, named Obama Foundation Asia Pacific Leaders, and have done some pretty cool stuff like put solar panels on their roof to more than double the power needed for their solar juicery, giving the excess back to the grid. To talk about the journey, what it takes, and what's next, Florence and Chloe Van Dyke, Chia Sisters, join us now. Kia ora, good morning. Good morning, morena. Kia ora. Hey, thanks so much for being with us. Um, f- first up, uh, tell us about your backgrounds. You're, you're on the um, line from uh, Sunny Nelson as well, so um, the sound quality uh, may not be the same as being in studio but uh, now everyone knows. Um, yeah, tell me about your backgrounds. Chloe, first, neuroscience and herbal medicine. Tell me about getting into that. And is that common combo? Uh, I think it's probably a pretty unlikely combination. I'm probably the only person in the world that has that combination. Um, but my interest is in taking historical knowledge and seeing how that can be scientifically validated. So if, for example, you take chia seeds, they have their history with the Tarahumara Indians of central Mexico who are known for their ability to run 100 miles sustained on these chia seeds. But when you look into the science behind that and you uncover uh, the nutritional profile of chia seeds, which is full of omega-3, magnesium, calcium, ions, zinc, electrolytes and fibre, a whole lot of goodies, uh, you can understand why uh, these seeds sustain these people on these runs um, and even further than that how they how it provided sustained hydration as well even more so than what water would. And how did you first get into the neuroscience side of it? Uh, I've always been fascinated by the mind and the brain and how it works and and the health benefits associated with the brain as well. And then with the herbal medicine side, was that taking things that you were interested in or using and trying to kind of um, pr- prove the science behind it? Or, or was it, um, yeah, was it an interest that came later? 
Yeah, so I was interested in the functional properties of plants or the active ingredients that come from plants that can have a functional benefit on the body and looking into the historical uses of them. Uh, for example, in like Western or Chinese medicine, there's a, a lot of research that has gone into why they're beneficial. But in New Zealand, in Māori medicine, um, there's a lot of catch-up that needs to be done. Oh, that's so interesting. And, and Florence, you're a national champion athlete. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I have a long history of doing triathlon, um, and these days I do a bit of everything from sea swimming and amateur mountain biking to racing the coast to coast last year. And how did how did the kind of combination of um, both of those things come together? Um, Chloe has this great entrepreneurial mind and is very fascinated by food and the impact of food on the brain. And I was actually a corporate lawyer up in Auckland and Chloe had been playing around with a few amazing combinations of Nelson ingredients and suddenly struck this prototype of a blackcurrant chia drink, which cafes in Nelson and our local supermarket, Fresh Choice, actually loved and so she said, why don't you come down to Nelson and join me? Um, so I packed my bags from the corporate law firm and moved back to Sunny Nelson. And was that a hard decision? Like, you're like, I imagine corporate law is, you know, something you've done quite a bit of study and worked pretty hard to get into. And it's a very competitive environment <laughs> to kind of win a spot in. And when you were like, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm heading off to the sunshine um, to, to do some drinks and do some sports. What did people say? <laughs> Uh, there were some mixed responses. I think most pretty jealous, actually. Um, but I, <laughs> I think for me, the opportunity to do something that I'm passionate about and reflects my personal values was just uh, too good to say no to. And it's a bit of a family thing, the um, the, the kind of high-performance, uh, over-achieving sports action, hey? Yeah, Dad is an absolute champion in all senses of the word. He um, is... Number one for his age group in the world for swimming. And he's also been a huge help um, and supporter in our business for a really long time. And that's so interesting that there was this room to do something with this healthy food for high performance training. Like, talk talk me through a little bit about kind of, it was about six years ago, wasn't it, that you kind of got started in, in earnest. How, how kind of is it that for sports people, so many of the options on the market just actually aren't that good for you? Yeah, I think um, that's a really interesting one. It's so funny that a sports drink is usually stereotyped as something with caffeine and sugar and a lot of flavours and colours when really sports people should be looking um, at how they can fuel their bodies to train harder and recover faster. So we saw a gap in the market there for doing something or creating something that was actually healthy. Cool, and we'll be back in a minute to hear more about that soon. If you love the spin-off, the best way to show it is to become part of the spin-off members. This is the fund that helps us keep free and accessible to all without a paywall. It also funds some of our most important and acclaimed journalism. Check it out through the spin-off. Hi, I'm Leonie. I'm Alex. And along with our friend Michelle A. Court, we bring you On The Rag every month which you can find at thespinoff.co.nz and on all good podcast providers. Once a month, we get together in the Spinoff studio to reflect on the previous month 
of news, media, current events, and just life for women in New Zealand. It's a feminist podcast. It's a shrill podcast. <laughs> and we'd love it if you listened. Yeah, how, how do you actually go about getting started doing something like that? So we took the chia seed, which was rich in a whole lot of uh, nutrients. My dad was already using it hydrated as part of his swim routine. So part of the process with the chia seed is that it needs to be properly hydrated in order to absorb the nutrients. However, the chia seed in water does not taste very good. So we managed to bring together local Nelson black currants, which are also known for their high antioxidant levels. And we blended that together to form um, our first prototype, which was the chia black currant. We took that to the local supermarket and cafe um, and have been running around trying to keep up with it ever since. And at what stage did you kind of go, okay, well, this is a real thing that we should, you know, pack up corporate jobs and and head down and, and make this a go? About six months after I started the business, we got to the stage where I launched in Wellington and I was picked up by the cafe scene there. And that's when I quit my day job and went full time. And how do you go about proving out that it is actually better for you? Because, you know, companies are always saying, oh, yep, great for you. In fact, that's exactly what all of, um, you know, is implied by all of the sugary kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. So we are lucky enough to have the Cawthron Institute just down the road from us. They can do uh, full nutritional profile testing. So we go beyond uh, the standard nutritional profile and look at uh, the magnesium, calcium, iron uh, content in our drinks. And the levels that we have mean that we can legally make claims such as um, assisting with cognitive function, immunity, digestive health, and energy as well. And so uh, we can legally make those claims, um, but most other drinks can't. And what's the difference in how the drinks are making things like energy available as opposed to um, sugar, where, you know, you get a burst of energy and then it's gone? What's the difference Mm -hmm. in the way that you make energy available? How do you prove that that's better for you as well? So sugar, as you'd experience it from yourself, when you take it, it gives sugar or or caffeine, you get this immediate um, level of energy and then an hour later you feel terrible. Uh, Whereas when you're fueling your body uh, with nutrition, uh, it's fueling your mind, it's uh, it's fueling your, your muscle cells, it's fueling... Um, you with everything that you need uh, to be healthy. And then you add in the fibre content, which regulates blood blood sugar levels, and that means that you uh, keep a steady amount of energy rather than getting a peak and a drop. And do you get a big kind of rush out of it? Because I'm kind of thinking to, you know, the times that most people drink sports drinks are... you know, unless you're running a um, a marathon, uh, you just get like this big wave of sugar and you probably don't use it that um, usefully. How about with these drinks? Yeah, so there is no spike in energy. This is about overall well-being. If it's something, uh, it's like eating a healthy meal. And so you don't get the up and the down. You just feel better and feel healthier. And you've gone on to win some kind of awards for being 
the most uh, nutritious. Tell, tell me about that because it kind of it's kind of wild to think that a company that's relatively young, six years old, could actually come in and make the healthiest drink on the market and in a space that's actually called like health drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we won the health category of the New Zealand Food Awards, um, I think it was in 2014, so quite early on. And that was actually for healthiest food, so food and beverages combined in New Zealand. And it's just about that super high nutrient content, so the amount of calcium, iron, magnesium, fibre, all of these nutrients um, in a not-so-calorific um, drink. And, yeah, we went on to win um, Best Drink in New Zealand for our Fresh pressed boysenberry juice. So that's a much simpler drink. We always laugh at ourselves because we spent so long creating the most nutritious drinks we could. And we just crushed boysenberries from down the road from our warehouse. And that won Best Drink in New Zealand at the Outstanding Food Producers Awards last year. Oh, that's cool because you have um, expanded out, haven't you, from the chia beginnings into a range of, as you're saying, the, the crushed fruit juices and also hemp and a few other kind of interesting uh, ingredients. Yeah, that's right. So we started with the chia drinks and then launched our sparkling range that's made with coconut water infused with fruits and roots. Then we launched the bottle by the sun, which is fresh pressed, mainly local fruits. And most recently we launched our hemp protein smoothie. And that was actually uh, a key factor in winning the New Zealand Sustainability Awards in the food sector last year. So we use Canterbury hemp, um, grind it up and it's super high in protein, lots of omega-3, 6 and 9, and then we mix that with local berries. Yeah, you talk about sustainability there. There's something really interesting um, about the company and, you know, uh, things like having the solar panels on the roof to be um, carbon positive. Tell, tell me about the idea to actually have a business that, because um, I imagine starting up and, you know, starting a juicing business and a, and a drinks business, that's pretty capital intensive and you've got to get all your bottles and your labels and you, you know like there's a lot of spending ahead of the curve and then also spending on things like investing in solar energy uh, and setting up your own juicery how, how do you kind of like um, prioritize that you will be spending that extra money to, to to make things sustainable and how do you make it work yeah, I think that's a really good question. So for us, sustainability has been a core value from the start. So we don't need to prioritise it over anything else because it already is um, the number one priority, along with nutrition and innovation. So I think basically that means every decision we make, we're always thinking about sustainability. And you know, right from the start, that meant bottling in recycled glass bottles rather than um, something like plastic. We pay our staff the living wage, so we were first company in Nelson to become living wage accredited, and most recently we became zero carbon, so that means we measure all our carbon emissions. We did that through a local consulting company, Ecos, and then we reduced our emissions as much as possible, so we lined our factory with solar panels, we um, became smarter with freight and waste, and brought on board electric vehicles. And then we offset our carbon emissions in the local sustainable Ramaker forest. So that's a beautiful forest in the Golden Bay region um, and it's being used to regenerate farmland. And how long does it take for something like, you know, um, let's say the solar panels? Because that's a, a big investment up front, but over time it kind of pays for itself. How do you work that out on a business kind of footing? 
Yeah, I think that's a really good question. People often ask us, does the return uh, on your electricity bill justify putting in solar panels? And I guess the short answer to that currently is no. It will take us a long time to pay off the solar panels just in return in electricity. However, I think the question is is wrong. What we have done is when we put the solar panels on our roof, we created a new range of juices called Bottled by the Sun to help tell that solar power story. And the sales of those juices are already several times over um, the cost of the solar panels. And so I think sometimes it's just about thinking about it a bit more laterally. Yeah, that's so cool. And telling that story uh, through product launches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of carbon positivity, so that that's a really cool idea as well, isn't it? Like moving past that idea of being neutral and actually leaving things even better while you are um, participating in uh, in society. Yeah, so it's, it's not actually carbon positive. It's called climate positive um, because we're trying to reduce carbon from the atmosphere, not add to it. Uh, so climate positive means that we... Um, are reducing our carbon emissions by 120% so that the overall business activities of Chia Sisters is having a positive impact on uh, reducing global warming. And you've picked up quite a few of these accolades on the way there, um, mentioning a few of those sustainability awards and the food producer. How much of a strategy is that to kind of test yourself against the best and how much of that is to... Um, you, you know, uh, inspire you to keep keep going further. As there've been some some great awards, things like named on the Forbes Asia Thirty Under Thirty, the Palmer Foundation Asia Pacific Leaders. Uh, you know, huge huge gongs. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have a strategy here. We we certainly didn't know that these type of awards existed um, before we created our products. But again, it all just goes back to our business values sustainability, nutrition, innovation. We're always just focusing on working as hard as we can towards those three things. And it's something that um, the public are interested in supporting right now, which is which is really great. And I think as business owners in, you know, a fairly rural place, well, relative to, you know, business owners in other locations worldwide, we've found it really important to reach out and connect with global initiatives like the Obama Foundation leaders. It can be quite isolating running a business, particularly in such a small city. So we've really made the most of um, connecting to entrepreneurs where we can. Yeah, and how do you go about that? As um, you know, you were mentioning that you started off with the supermarket down the road, but then you pretty quickly have to uh, be getting scale by getting out throughout New Zealand and into Australia. How do you actually go about building a business in what's a pretty busy category, the the drinks category, and pretty tight uh, market in that, you know, there's only so much room in the fridge at the local cafe and the fridge at the um, the nice supermarket? Yeah, I, I think if I'd understood how competitive um, the beverage industry was and, and how a lot of those fridges are tied up um, by large corporate companies, 
I'm not sure if I would have gone into the beverage industry, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it started uh, very, as I said, organically. So started in local Nelson, went to Wellington. Then I jumped in a car and drove around New Zealand. I visited uh, the buyers of every supermarket and cafe that we were in uh, for you know, the first couple of years before it grew to the stage where I could bring on more team members to help me. And then is that just kind of relationship by relationship? And yeah, what what scale is the business at now? Yeah, so it has just been relationship upon relationship. We haven't had any external investors, like uh, probably many companies in our position. So we've Growing throughout New Zealand, we've extended into Australia, Singapore, and Hong Kong. That's cool. And looking at kind of some of the people you've had in, involved in the business, you've mentioned um, your father before, and also looking at your advisory board, it's kind of like the the who's who of great business people in your uh, area, like um, Pick from Pick's Peanut Butter, who we've had on the um, the show before and the like. How important is it to have those networks, especially when you are making something work away from the major population centres? I think it's very important and I think Nelson does it amazingly well. We really come together here to support each other. Uh, So yeah, we've got a fantastic advisory board that consists of John Everett, who was the CEO of Kono and the marketing manager of King Salmon, as you said, Pitt, making the world's best peanut butter and also has a wealth of knowledge and and getting into export markets and into supermarkets which we're following in the steps steps of and so we sent our first container over to Singapore sharing that with Pips Peanut Butter and Proper Crisps so we're able to work together to get into export markets um, we've got Julie Jackson from NZTE, Tim Saunders from Kono, and Market Court, who is the owner of Fresh Choice Nelson, which uh, was the first place, first supermarket that we went into, first supermarket that Pick went into, first supermarket that Proper Crisps went into. It's been sort of the, the platform form for a lot of successful Nelson businesses. That's, that's so cool. And it kind of, you know, it sounded kind of rosy, but like, have there been days when it doesn't seem like it would work? Like it's it's a huge um, series of challenges to kind of bite off. Even setting up a a, a, a solar powered juicery, even kind of you know establishing new product lines, doing the export markets and the like. Like what what, what days have been hard in there? Yeah, definitely. We probably have a day like that where we think it's not going to work almost every week. So certainly, I think any business owner would say it's. Um, a real roller coaster, and probably one of our most difficult times was about 18 months ago when um, we just invested in hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of production equipment, which was more than we'd ever invested in the business before. And we had um, a brewery that was making our drinks for us. They were contract manufacturing, and that production equipment was going into that brewery to be permanently installed in there. And then that brewery went into liquidation at really short notice. So we suddenly had this decision to make. Do we shut down our business, which was the the real um, kind of option at that time, or do we move into this factory that's made for a business maybe 10 or 20 times our size? 
And so we put our heads together and at the start we could only think of um, all the negatives about it. You know, if we moved into this factory, we'd have to get a new health and safety plan, we'd have to hire all this new staff um, and we'd have to increase our capacity pretty quickly. But then when we looked at the opportunities, we realised, you know, we could line that factory with solar panels panels, we could become zero carbon, we could pay these new staff members the living wage. And it really, we we realised that that factory could be a platform for doing good. So I think that's just one example of many bad days we've had. But um, always looking at the opportunity, I think, um, is the best way to go about business in that situation. Because often you can find that if you can turn it around, you come back um, in a better place than where you started. Another example of that was a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were doing our orange mango bottle by the sun juice and some of our equipment uh, broke down. And that meant that we had a tank full of juice that we couldn't put into bottles. And because the, the juice is fresh, it only has, um, you know, 12 hours for you to really figure out what to do with it before it will start to ferment. And in most situations, uh, a company would dump the juice uh, down the drain, which we we just would not want to do. That seemed like such a shame. So we called up um, a new and upcoming uh, popsicle maker called Good Pops, who makes uh, amazing, beautiful ice blocks in Nelson. And we said, look, do you want to come over here, grab this juice? and and turn it into ice blocks and he said yes and an hour later um, he was he was making ice blocks with our juice (laughs) what a cute code i thought you were going to tell me you were making (laughs) you decided well it's going to ferment well let's make some cider (laughs) (laughs) that also would have been a great option (laughs) Um, and and in terms of like um you, you know what what advice would you have for people who who are looking at turning something like that is a passion um like nutrition and like actual uh, uh, neuroscience and and um, traditional kind of ways of of healing with foods into a business and and trying to do it in like the best way possible. Like, uh, what, what? Yeah, what what would you tell people? Um, I think some of the biggest learnings for us have been to fail fast and fail often. So it's important just to keep trying new things. Probably the first thing you try won't work, and that's okay. Move on quickly and find something that does work. And I think also for us asking for help, like we were just talking about our advisory board. They're so amazing. And I think when we started this business, we wouldn't have dreamed of working with people like that. But if you actually reach out and contact your idols, you'll be surprised by how often they are willing to help. And, you know, there's been quite a array of successes so far, but, like, what will success be for you in the company? What what kind of change would you like to leave in the world? I think for us, success is the ability to bring our personal philosophy into the business. So how can we create a business that is profitable but is also having a positive impact on the environment and the communities in which we operate. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> ah, that's so cool. Oh, thank you so much, Chloe and Florence Van Dyke, the sisters of Cheer Sisters. Uh, thank you for coming and sharing your story today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much to Tina Tiller for producing and thank you very much for having us along and listening. Thank you.
you've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.